And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Uh, big show today, a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, I was joined by my friend Aaron Bandler from uh, Jewish Journal. We broke down uh, the primary election results in Arizona and Florida um, from yesterday. Um, and we also talked about sports. I always end up talking about sports with Aaron. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we specifically talked about sports media um, and how far left these guys are and if they can ever recover from their ridiculous leftist nonsense and get back to covering sports like I'm sure we would all love them to do. <laughs> yeah, so before I get to Aaron, I want to say hi to our brand new sponsors over at 1776 United. Uh, you guys are really going to love this company. I promise. You guys are going to love this company, uh, 1776 United. Um, they are an awesome conservative apparel company, um, a patriotic apparel company. I know most conservative clothing companies kind of suck. I'm sure you guys have noticed. These guys are really the best in the business. They have all kinds of shirts and tanks, hoodies, polos, uh, and not just clothes. They have tons of other stuff as well. Um, all the designs are super creative. It is all super high quality. No heavy, crappy shirts. No scratchy bullshit nothing like that is high quality stuff it's all super creative patriotic conservative designs um it, it is really great stuff um it was started by three good friends down in atlanta georgia over a decade ago um and and their their mission is just to inspire a new wave of patriotism you know uh, give people awesome patriotic clothes they can wear they're great conversation starters um they just want to spread conservative values and and just spread patriotism you know i really believe in this company um and they believe in us as well they support us please support them uh, you guys are really going to like this company trust me just check them out at 1776united.com that's 1776united.com use the promo code gimmicks one more time the promo code Gimmicks gets you 15% off. Once again, 1776united.com. I also want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. Guys, and let me just say this. I promise I only advertise for companies that I use <laughs> and that I actually support. I'm not going to sell you guys something that you won't enjoy. Um, trust me, this is the best e-liquid anywhere. Um, it is all FDA compliant, premium e-liquid made at a state-of-the-art lab out in California. It is really great stuff. I'm literally smoking some right now. Um, they have any kind of uh, liquid that you would ever want, any kind of battery or mod or tank or anything you need, they have at premiervaporandlounge.com. That is premiervaporandlounge.com. Uh, you get uh, free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And if you're in Ohio, um, specifically northern Ohio, they have physical locations in Holland and Perrysburg, Ohio. Both locations are, uh, they have an awesome sale on e-liquid right now. So you can stop in um, and get premium e-liquid for, for really cheap. And trust me, it is really high quality stuff. Uh, so check out, uh, check them out in person if you're in northwest Ohio or visit Premier Vapor and Lounge. 
Patreon.com. Um, also, if uh, you guys want to support us in another way, we are on Patreon. Uh, obviously, our shows every Monday and Wednesday will always be free. The content will always be free. We'll never charge you guys for it. But if you want to contribute monthly and get involved, check us out at patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks podcast. Um, there's some awesome incentives if you choose to do so. Um, if not, just you know, make sure you're, you're tweeting retweeting, you know, sharing on Facebook, all that stuff. Help us get the word out. We're tr- constantly trying to get uh, to make this thing bigger and better for you guys. And please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. You know, you know how social media works. We might be shadow banned. We might be booted off. Uh, so subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud so you get notifications when we put up a new show, which again is every Monday and Wednesday. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Aaron Bandler. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with Aaron Bandler uh, from Jewish Journal. Aaron, thanks for coming back on, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. So uh, let's jump into the primary elections from yesterday, um, which I'm I'm happy to report is is all good news, which, man, we never get to talk about good news on this show, (laughs) or very rarely. Um, But, uh, yeah, a lot to be excited about there. In Arizona, uh, Congresswoman Martha McSally beat... Uh, Kelly Ward and uh, Joe Arpaio to win the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate, uh, the seat that uh, Jeff Flake is vacating. Um, thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, Flake is uh, uh, Flake is pretty terrible. Uh, I, I think some a joke that a friend of mine said about him is that he's basically Snowflake, uh, the Flake. <laughs> so, so his last name is pretty fitting. Uh, um, it's really unfortunate because when Flake was first elected, I th- he sort of, he ran as like this sort of Tea Party. Um, candidate, and there was a lot of hype of, of, about him among us conservatives. But right. once he got in the office, he just turned immediately. You know, and, 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 I, for me, for me, like once he joined Gang of Eight, that's when I knew like this guy can't be trusted. But it just seems like since then he's just like he's basically turned it, it into um, like the left. Like, he's turned into like one of those rhinos that the left likes, since he seems to. Like bashing Trump just just for sake of bashing Trump, and not because he wants to actually advance the cause of conservatism. Um, so I, I, I'm not sad to see Flake go. Um, I'm not as hyped about McSally as, as everyone else seems to be. Um, a friend of mine was a friend of mine was telling me yesterday that people in Arizona referred to uh, referred to McSally as McDumbass. because she's kind of she's kind of a, a rhino too. Um, and the unfortunate thing is that Kelly Ward and Joe Arpaio aren't exactly great alternatives. So, no, they were me, terrible. I, they were terrible I've always alternatives. Been, yeah. Um, and so for me, like I'm, I, I'm pretty neutral on the Arizona race. So it's like, so uh, I mean, I guess McSally of the three had the best chance of winning. Um, so I, I, you know, now that she's nominee, obviously support her over the Democrat. Um, and I mean, hopefully she'll win. I, I mean, Arizona, I guess, isn't exactly um, a sure thing to go right anymore, which which is kind of scary to think about. Um, right, that is so, going to be a tight race. Yeah, it's so, definitely going to be a tight race. But I actually I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I'm actually very happy that McSally won. Um, I, I thought okay. we avoided another Roy Moore type situation. I really think that's what would have became of either Kelly Ward or Joe Arpaio. Um, I, I I mean, Kelly Ward's kind of a nut job. I mean, she's like the chemtrails comment. She's out campaigning with uh, with Infowars people and, and saying all this crazy stuff. So I, I think that uh, 
uh, Republican voters. And obviously McSally, yeah, she's not that conservative. You know, she's kind of like a middle of the road kind of Republican. But I think that Republican voters kind of learned from Alabama, you know, <laughs> where we had two, you know, good candidates, uh, 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 Luther Strange and um, uh, what was the other congressman running who I really liked? Uh, Mo, Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks. And, you know, they went for for uh, Roy Moore. And I think that the Arizona voters kind of like learned their lesson from that. And like, OK, we're going to go with the person who doesn't say crazy shit, who isn't 8000 years old, like Joe Arpaio, um, who doesn't have all this baggage, you know, stuff that the Democrats can beat him over the head with. And so they went with the safe pick in Martha McSally. And I think there's something to be said for that. I don't think Kelly Ward would have had a chance uh, to beat the, the Democratic nominee. I think they, she would have gotten trucked. So I think, uh, you know, I, I think it was definitely a good thing that, that McSally came out ahead. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, what I will say about the Roy Moore situation is that I think, um, well, the starters, uh, Luther Strange uh, was really not a good candidate. And part of the reason why Roy Moore won that primary was because Luther Strange was seen as corrupt because uh, Alabama's former governor had to had to resign because of um, because of, of of there's some sort of like corruption scandal involved in like him trying to cover up like an affair or something. Affairs and stuff, yeah. Yeah, right. It, but but Luther Strange, who was the attorney general, basically let him off the hook, and and then he ended up being um and 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 then Alabama's governor then appointed him to replace Jeff Sessions. Um, and so, because of that, I think voters were very distrustful of Luther Strange. That was seen as like a, that was seen, that was seen as like a quid pro quo thing, and that's a lot of more to win. Um, that, that's well, a that that's a good point. It. But and, I think a lot yeah. of the backlash to Luther Strange also was like the Mitch McConnell connection. They viewed him as like quote unquote establishment. Well, that too, yeah. But yeah, I, no, I, I think and that's absolutely should, true. I want to move on and just talk about like the establishment question real quick before we get back to the election sure. results okay. and. Um, yeah, I think that, and that is like, a good question. The like the MAGA people, like the hardcore Trumpsters, need to give up on the whole establishment thing. Um, I mean, today Mitch McConnell struck a deal in the Senate to fast track seven more Trump judicial nominees through the Senate, and they've already confirmed a record number of judges, and they've already flipped the majorities in two district courts. I think the sixth district and the second district. Um, I don't know, man. Cocaine Mitch is getting a lot done, man. Like, so if he's the establishment, I mean, he's the one really pushing Trump's agenda. So, so I really think okay. the backlash against the quote-unquote establishment, I, I think people need to let it go. <laughs> let it go, guys. So I, 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 I'm, I'm going to have to disagree pretty strenuously here um, because okay. I, I, well, I, what I will say is that I think a lot of the, a lot of the, MAGA, the, a lot of the MAGA crowd seems to use the term establishment very loosely. Um, which doesn't help, but I'll just, even before Trump came about, I have always been railing hard against the establishment. And by the establishment, I mean the entrenched politicians, the bureaucrats, the the lobbyists in D.C. Uh, who basically view it as, as a bubble and sort of act like you were very hostile against conservatives. Or people like Trump, who's not a conservative, but just you know, kind of has some conservative instincts, who want to go and, and try to really sort of reduce the size of government. Um, Mitch McConnell, I mean, uh, I, I know that he seems to be popular figure lately among conservatives because of the judges and all that. But i got to be honest, I've never been impressed with Mitch McConnell, even and even so now. I mean, the judges stuff is honestly pretty easy to do. 
too, because once Harry Reid nukes the filibuster for federal judges, it basically paved the way for Mitch McConnell to do what he's doing now. And honestly, I don't think if Harry Reid had if Harry Reid had kept the filibuster, I don't think McConnell would have nuked it, and we would be seeing the record amount of judges that we're seeing now. But because the judges require a 51 51 a 50 a 50 plus majority that those are easy to get tax cuts are easy the, um well, got, uh, the, those are easy as well what's hard what well no but, but but they are easy because tax cuts are standard are are should be like the basics of any republican administration but like, like I, that, that, I, I should be as natural as like breathing or gravity you know to have tax cuts right. uh come up about interpublican administration. The hard stuff is repealing Obamacare, entitlements, the debt. That's what McConnell can't do. That's, it, not only is, is not capable of doing it, he just doesn't want to do it. And, and to me, I, I think McConnell is what's really holding back a lot of the conservative agenda because he doesn't want to tackle those things. And, and sure, people will put the blame on Trump for that. And, and, and he some, and certainly Trump deserves some of the blame because he's not advancing those things. But I, I've always so that if Congress passed a bill that reformed Social Security or repealed Obamacare fully, Trump would sign it because Trump's not exactly, you know, nuanced on policy. All he cares about are, are wins. But McConnell is, and granted, I think Ryan is to blame on this too, but I think McConnell's like the real holdup here in terms of getting this stuff done. And until Mitch McConnell is removed as Senate Majority Leader, I don't think we can really advance um, the conservative cause through, the, through Congress. Maybe I mean, there's they. Mitch McConnell has a lot to deal with as well. There are a handful of GOP senators that just don't want. I mean, they've publicly stated they don't want to repeal repeal Obamacare. That's Susan Collins, oh, oh yeah. Lisa Murkowski, a couple more. I mean, there's there's uh, Senate Republicans that just don't want to cut spending in in any area. So I just don't think I they agree. have the votes. I don't. I don't. I mean, even if Ted Cruz or Rand Paul were Senate Majority Leader, if he but doesn't have the votes, with- he doesn't have the votes. But you have to work with what you're dealt with. And if you can't do it, then you're not right for the job. You know, and, and I'm not saying that Mitch McConnell has to like solve everything like right now, but you have to do something to help to help get things going in the right direction. Because right now, uh, I mean, right now we're spending like crazy. I mean, I, 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 like the way we're spending right now, it's to the point where it's like making Obama's deficits look small in, in comparison. Um, and so you have to do something to at least start get the ball rolling in the right direction. And McConnell does not seem interested in doing that at all. Right. And, and, stay, and yeah, I, staying I, I on agree. that point, staying on that point yes. with the debt and the deficit, um, I want to switch over to Florida real quick. Um, and okay. I think there's a there's a, a cool story uh, around Ron DeSantis that people aren't really exploring this angle, but I thought it was very interesting. Uh, just to backtrack a little bit, Congressman uh, DeSantis won the Republican primary for Florida governor um, handedly. Um, you know, he, he won by yeah. a, 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 a fair margin, yeah. Um, and he's facing now a so the socialist mayor of Tallahassee, um, Andrew Gillum, who has a terrible record, and he's got all these, you know, corruption scandals around him, and he's a socialist that kind of destroyed Tallahassee, Florida. So um, I, I, I think Ron DeSantis will win pretty easily. Um, but here, here's the thing, and, and he was the candidate I endorsed, so so I think that's just a... Uh, Sam. Yeah, he's a, I think he'll make an absolutely great governor. What stood out to me is that Ron DeSantis is a Freedom Caucus guy. I mean, he is a true red yeah. conservative. I mean, he is, he is as conservative as they come, 
in government right now, and he just won a statewide primary in a purple state, in a battleground state. Um, and that does not happen very often. I mean, you have Ted Cruz, you know, winning statewide, Rand Paul, Mike Lee in Utah, but those are all deep red states. You don't really see, you know, Freedom Caucus guys. You don't see true conservatives with libertarian leanings winning statewide. I don't know, man. I think this could be a big deal. I think this could be a sign that more liberty-based candidates could win states statewide. Oh, I, I, I sure hope so, man. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, no, I don't want to get ahead of myself either. But right. I think it does show you that when you have a good self-conservative candidate who's willing to stick by his principles, articulate it well, like 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 DeSantis has done in Congress and what he will do now and uh, as Florida governor, Conservatism wins. Conservatism is a winning formula. People shouldn't be so scared. Uh, uh, shouldn't be so. Shouldn't be so scared of it. They shouldn't run from it. Embrace it. The best candidates in history have been. Have been conservative. Look at Reagan. I mean, Reagan won a landslide, a uh, two landslide elections, um, running as a solid conservative. Of course, 2010, uh, 94, 2014 are all are also examples of conservatism winning. Uh, 2016, you, you could also make a case too that that was also a uh, an example of conservatism winning, um, even if tr- even if Trump's not exactly conservative ideologically, um, the conservative agenda certainly won uh, in, in 2016. So, uh, if, if there's anything that actually does hurt the establishment, it's the fact that candidates like DeSantis can win, because um, Adam Putnam was the establishment's choice. He was he was um, Adam Putnam is a favorite of the sugar lobby, which is huge in Florida. Uh, right. So he would have continued like sugar subsidies and so forth. He's been in government for like his whole career. He's a quintessential establishment guy, and DeSantis beat him. Right. So uh, I know this meme on Twitter was like, establishment always wins. Well, not always. I mean, they win a lot of the time, but not always. And when they lose, it should be celebrated. Unfortunately, I think uh, Steve Bannon and Roy Moore have, have sort of given, the, have, have put the establishment in a, more, in a more sympathetic in a more sympathetic light, which is, kind of, which is really irksome to me. But the people don't understand, like, like that, unless the establishment is defeated, conservatism can't really be advanced. So, and so I'm hoping that more pe- people will look to DeSantis's win as an example of how you, you can defeat the establishment and why the establishment should be defeated, rather than rather rather than looking at Roy Moore's race as saying this is why we need the establishment or this is why we can't beat the establishment. And it's not just that Ron DeSantis is the anti-establishment guy. It's that he's the right candidate. You know, like you see— and I, I think agree, that, yeah, that was my point sure. with That was my point with Luther Strange. I mean, we'd much rather sure, have Luther Strange than Doug Jones, who is a hard leftist. You know, he's for, you know, full-term abortions and stuff like that. I mean, he's a hard left guy, um, even though he, you know, lied about it during the campaign. But, you know, there's so much animosity towards the establishment that, you know, voters— in uh in in Alabama, just they hated Mitch McConnell and his endorsement of Luther Strange so much that uh, and I know that the governor scandals did play into it a little bit, but I think the lion's share of the 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 hatred for Luther Strange came from the quote unquote establishment. So like people just hated the establishment so much they voted for a pedophile. <laughs> so it's all it's also about vetting candidates yeah. and getting the right candidates. And uh, DeSantis sure. really is the right That's guy. Part of it. And I, you know, it got me thinking. You know, like I'm from Ohio, and you know, me and and people I've I've had on the show from Ohio, and just private conversations I've had. I'm like, man, like I'd really love to see somebody like Jim Jordan run for governor, right? Uh, 
And then we're like, oh, that'd be amazing. Yep. And then it's like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't think Jim Jordan could win statewide. He probably couldn't. You know, that's, you know, like he's he's very conservative. He's a he's a Freedom Caucus guy. I don't know if he, you know, in a swing state like Ohio, does a a hardcore conservative have statewide appeal? And looking at uh, the campaign uh, DeSantis is running right now, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe somebody like Jim Jordan could be the governor of Ohio, or you know, uh, you know, just you know, take your pick. I think, you know, not not that we're going to have this libertarian small government wave throughout the GOP, but I don't know. I think things are beginning to shake loose where guys like DeSantis can. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely encouraged um, by that. Also, Rick Scott, the current sure. governor of Florida. Uh, easily won uh, the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate. He'll be taking on uh, yeah. Bill Nelson, who, honest to God, I forget that Bill Nelson even exists. He's been in Congress. Yeah, me for, too. <laughs> he's been in the Senate for 18 years, and he's just like one of these guys. He just doesn't make any mistakes. He doesn't make any gaffes, which helps him out. That's why he keeps getting reelected. But Rick Scott is a, a very popular governor, and uh, he's up, I think, eight points. Um, to Bill Nelson right now in, in the most recent polling data. So I definitely think we have a great chance uh, to flip that Senate seat red. Yeah, me too. And, and speaking of Ohio, isn't Josh Mandel running again against Sherrod uh, Brown? Uh, no, Josh Mandel's wife um, uh, is ill, um, and he dropped out oh, okay. a, a few months ago. Yeah, he, I didn't he, realize that. Okay. Yeah, he was polling ahead of Sherrod Brown. Um and uh, he was forced to drop out of the race due to uh, fam- his right. to take it's care just... of his family. So now uh, Congressman right. Jim, Re- Jim Renacci is running um, against Sherrod Brown, but he had to get into the, the race late, obviously, uh, because of what happened to Amanda. Yeah. And he's polling like 15 points back. I don't think he has too much of a chance, which really sucks. Yeah, Sherrod, I, I... Sherrod Brown is Sherrod Brown ran as a moderate, but he is like a Bernie Sanders style. Oh, like I know. He's class awful. war, you know, class warrior, kind of like hard left, like an East Coast leftist uh, in terms of his voting record and his policy. So that's a that's a damn shame. But but yeah, it, it was a shame what happened to uh, Josh Mandel and, and, you know, being forced to. Drop yeah. Yeah. Josh Mandel would be an excellent senator. But, you know, family comes first. And right. so. You know, I, 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 now that you mentioned, I do remember hearing that now. And, and so, you know, I was all the best to. Mandel's wife, Mandel and his family. So, right. Um, I so I don't think we're gonna flip that seat in Ohio. I, I, uh, I really, really like uh, John James, who's a Republican nominee for Senate. Oh, me Michigan. too. Yeah, he's great. He's actually supposed to be on the show here in a couple weeks. I, I booked him a couple times, but they keep pushing oh, nice. it back. But um, I, but he's polling way behind um, Debbie Stabenow right now, double digits. Um, even even Joe, Joe Manchin is running ahead of, of uh, Morrissey, the West Virginia Attorney General, right now by five or six points, which is shocking, considering he endorsed uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, and Trump won the state by 45 points or something like that. Um, I, so we might not even flip that seat. I think the best uh, opportunities to pick up uh, Senate seats is Florida with Rick Scott. Um, I think Josh Hawley in uh, Missouri has a decent yeah. chance. He's polling even. Uh, I was I was really pushing for Austin Peterson, but he got trucked in the primary. That was very disappointing. I think we have an outside shot of picking up uh, uh, North Dakota as well. Yeah, but defeat Heidi Heitkamp. Right. Um, yeah, I mean those are uh, I I I would agree. Um, I would since Morrissey's only behind by five or six points. I mean that's still within reach. Yeah. Um, so obviously we got to help him, and, and Morrissey's a, a great candidate too. So. You know, we, we, we gotta get behind him and and help push him over the finish line. 
Um, and so I, I would, yeah, so I, I would agree that, that folks on hand focus on uh, North Dakota and Florida uh, and, and Missouri. Because I, I, first, I wanted Holly to win, and I, I think he'll be great in the set. And the fact that he's pulling even with um, McCaskill, who's an incumbent, and she's inside close for her, I, I think bodes well. So, Right. Yeah, and she's got a ton of money, too. She's always been a good fundraiser. So that's not going to be easy, but I definitely yeah. think uh, Holly can take it. So before I let you go, let's um, let's change gears here. I want to talk a little bit about uh, sports. I always end up talking about sports with you, Aaron, <laughs> which is good. But, uh, yeah, that's just uh, a, specifically. And so, so, so what would I talk about? <laughs> Uh, but just the, the sports media, media, and we've talked about it before. Uh, sports yeah, media yeah. has been falling apart for years now. They've been getting more and more political for years. Yeah. But I think they've officially jumped the shark to the point where there's no coming back. Uh, yesterday on, on First Take over on ESPN, they they attacked Tiger Woods incessantly for the great sin of not attacking Donald Trump. So a reporter asked Tiger Woods his thoughts on Donald Trump, and I mean, he said something along the lines of, you know, I respect the office of president, whoever the president is, and I don't feel like getting into it. Essentially, like the most benign comment you could ever make. And they just attacked him yeah. like crazy, uh, finishing up with, with Stephen A. Smith uh, saying that Tiger Woods essentially is no longer black. <laughs> he wanted to uh, revoke Tiger Woods' uh, blackness, apparently, which is weird. I don't know how you, one would go about doing that. But um, I don't know if you, you got a chance to, to catch that. But, uh, yeah, your thoughts on just this ridiculous attack on yeah, Tiger Woods for absolutely yeah, no reason. Yeah, I, I did hear about that. It's very disappointing to hear Stephen A. Smith say that, given that, that Stephen A. Smith has always been a little more, um, not like conservative, but a little more, like, independent-minded, you know, as has always been like, you know, like, well, you know, like, let's hear black conservatives. Let's hear what black conservatives have to say, or you know. So to hear him to hear him say that is very disappointing. It seems very out of character for him. Uh, Max Kellerman, though, who, of who's like, uh, who was on with with Stephen A. Smith for that topic, who's just the worst. And that Max, guy, Max Kellerman, and he's yeah, he's awful. I mean, I can't awful. stand him. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to make Skip Bayless look good, but I think Max Kellerman somehow pulls it off because he's just that stupid. Oh, absolutely. And I remember in the past, Max Kellerman would would rant about the Redskins. He'd be like, "Oh, I don't care if certain people are offended by it. You know, it has to has to go away." It just sounded to me like he's sort of like he operates a lot on anger and emotion, and not on any logic whatsoever. And you know, so that's not surprising to hear him like rant about Tiger Woods not attacking Trump. Unfortunately, I think the sports media has become like, it's become like the rest of the media in the sense that they're out and out progressive now, you know. And, and they always act like they. If you if you say six sport, if you say six six sports to eight them on Twitter, they'll block you. That's like you are infringing on my First Amendment rights. Like shut up. Like seriously, no one's trying to silence you. It, we're just pointing out that we follow you guys. We want to hear about sports. We don't give a shit about your your political opinions. Um, and if you're going to express your political opinions, you very right. You have every right to do so, but we're going to tune you out because that's not why we follow sports. Right. And, um, I mean, these shows, especially, the, I mean, they even go into this on, on shows like Sports Center, which is awful because Sports Center is just supposed to be highlights. Yeah. But, you know, any kind of debate show like First Take or uh, or Skip Bayless's show on Fox Sports, they lead off. Like, it's in their A block. They lead off every episode with politics. Like, it's, it's really, it's pathetic. It's terrible, yeah. And they're bleeding ratings, man. Like, ESPN is falling apart in terms of ratings. 
And yeah. Sports ratings in general are down. Obviously, cord cutting is a big problem. You know, they, people are just getting rid of cable. But like the NFL, yeah, the NFL was down. The NFL was down 11 percent last year. You know, because of all yeah. the the national anthem protests and stuff like that. ESPN is is. I mean, they're constantly laying people off because they can't afford salaries. I mean, there's other problems, too. I mean, like, baseball ratings are down, basically, because everybody strikes out. Like, people can't even make contact anymore. <laughs> you know, it's a home run or a strikeout, so the games are a little bit boring. Yeah, it's like know? all or so nothing, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not just uh, politics. And, you know, sports ratings are hurting in general. But, uh, I don't know, man, like, is ESPN even going to be viable in five to ten years? You know, because of cord cutting well, and because oh, of the I, politics. I, like, how many more people can they alienate before... They just can't keep the lights on. Well, yeah, it seems like they're starting to get it. But given that, given the news recently that 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 uh, Jamil Hill, probably, or probably say your name, that she's now been fired, basically. Oh, really? Um, Good. She was terrible. So, uh, yeah, she was awful. Yeah, um, and I think with the and with the NFL uh, basically banning the anthem with, with penalties, like. With the that's the type penalty, I think people are starting to wake up to it a little bit. Um, but but pervasively though, I mean, I follow a lot of like Bay Area sports guys because obviously my teams are right. Bay Area sports teams, and they're all sort of like hardcore progressive, you know. And they they and they still cannot let go of Kaepernick. And I think that's true of sports media in general. They're always like, oh, it's a travesty that Kaepernick hasn't been signed by anybody. Maybe it's like, guys, Kaepernick's not that good. Okay. I, I've, I've been Niners fan. I've been Niner fan for years. I followed Kaepernick from the beginning. He was, we were not going to be good as long as he was our starting quarterback. So, I mean, he as had, a friend of mine Kaepernick, was saying the other day, Kaepernick had that great run, but they had a really, really great team. And that was Frank Gore in his prime. I mean, they made a mistake, yeah. and he only well, got the, the starting job because Alex defense. Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith got hurt. Got hurt. He had a, he had a concussion, yeah. and they never gave him a, a yeah. shot at getting his job back when he got healthy, which I thought was a mistake because I think Alex Smith is just better than Kaepernick. But that's Alex the story Smith now from five years is, ago. <laughs> is, right. I mean, Alex Smith now is really better than Kaepernick. I think at the time, I understand why they went with Kaepernick just because I, Kaepernick could do the things that Alex Smith couldn't, which is mainly throw the ball downfield, and he was more dynamic of an athlete. Um, Alex Smith was more of a was more of a, a conservative quarterback in that, you know, his throws were a lot more safe. You know, I mean, uh, he would go for the check downs or the midfield options. I don't know, man. Did you um, watch, did you but, watch him in Kansas uh, City last year? Him to Tyreek Hill, dude. Yeah, no. I know. I had Tyreek Hill on my fantasy saying, team, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I'm saying that at, at that time, uh, Alex was more conservative. Now, now, I, now Alex Smith looks like a, a really viable, good all-around quarterback, like Kaepernick never was. But I, I was saying at the time, Kaepernick looked like a better choice. Half of our audience is like, "What the hell are these guys talking about?" <laughs> yeah, oh for sure, they're kind of, deal with their eyes are like glazing over. <laughs> but uh, but hey no, guys, I, I it's my show. I can talk about whatever the hell I want. Right, but I think the point for, the point I'm trying to make though is that the sports media just cannot like. It's been two years, and they cannot like. Kaepernick go and then Lionheart to make it seem like that he's like this god. Like if only some team would give him a chance, if not for his anthem policies, you know, if not for bigotry or whatever. But it's like guys, he's not that good. He's not worth the headache. That's what all teams have determined. 
And also, Kaepernick wants to be a starter, and he's and he's willing, and he wants more money than teams are willing to pay him. So, I mean, he's got no one but himself to blame. Like, let it go, guys. It's all it's all big of a deal. It's all going to be okay. And my point, and again, my point about that is the fact that it just to show how the sports media has become so progressive now that they can't stop shilling for Kaepernick. They can't stop. They can't help themselves but lash out when Tiger Woods won't announce Trump because, like the rest of the media, the sports media has lost their freaking minds over Trump. And the and with, with the media in general, it's like who cares? It's like everyone knows the media sucks, and this just further now they're just exposing themselves. With sports media, it's always been like, yeah, they've always been progressive, and yeah, they've got more political, but you know, we like sports, so so we'll, we'll swallow it, you know. But now it's the point. It works like it's turning people away from sports, and that's what really sucks. Is the fact that you know people like you and me, we turn to sports as a release from the news, from politics, and from our daily stresses of life and so forth. And to have it be ruined like this because these these idiot progressive sports people just just cannot you know handle any sort of like disagreement now, or, or cannot tolerate any sort of anything that's remotely critical of Trump is really a travesty. Right, and I mean, you you, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Guys like us that work in politics, we need sports, man, and <laughs> we need sports media. Oh like, yeah, I I no like SportsCenter. I like ESPN. Like I'm rooting for them to. Me recover. too. Yeah. Like I don't want them to go out of business. I don't want them to fail. Like I like First Take when they're not talking about politics. Like I like Stephen A. Smith. I think he's hilarious and he knows his shit. Me too. You know what I mean, like I want yeah, them to do better. Like it's not like I'm not one of these guys. It's like oh burn it all down hey if they don't like trump or conservatives or whatever they should go out of business no i i don't want them to go out of business i like these guys and that's why i don't want to see them fail one more point uh, on sports before i let you go is uh jim brown obviously the legendary hall of fame running back probably the best running back of all time um said that he came out and said that he's voting for donald trump in 2020 because he likes a lot of trump's policies and sports media and just the media in general just have been incessantly attacking the guy. This is Jim Brown. Nobody, I mean, just Google Jim Brown's history for people who, you know, are too young to, to remember or know who Jim Brown is. No black athlete has done more for the black community than Jim Brown. Okay, Like, they'll, they'll literally eat their own no matter who it is. Like, you saw this with Kanye West, right? It's the same thing. It, it's even oh, yeah. more. It's more extreme than that. It's more extreme than that because there's a million rappers out there. But Jim Brown has been an advocate for the black community his entire life, and they now hate him. I mean, it's like, wow, guys. Like, you're really going to, like, throw out a guy's entire legacy and disparage him just because he said he likes Trump? Like, what the hell are these people doing? Yeah, I know. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, and, so, and also, that same interview, Jim Brown came out against the anthem kneelers. So right. uh, Jim Brown, it, the fact that he's come out with these stances that are so antithetical to, to uh, sports athletes and to sports media, I, I, I think they think like they're reacting this way because they're scared because they know that if Jim Brown is against is against the anthem and he likes Trump, that means Trump's doing a good job. You know, it, it's the point where it's like the Trump Trump has been Trump's presidency has been good for the black community. I mean, black unemployment is, is at is at a record low um, uh, uh, under Trump. So Jim Brown is supporting Trump. That means that there are a pretty decent amount of, of blacks out there that probably support Trump too. And if that's the case, then if if Trump can can 
improve upon his victory uh, among black voters in, in 2016, 2020, he's going to win re-election easily. Yeah, uh, because uh, because it doesn't t- it's not going to take that much more in order, in order to put him over the top. The lack of self-awareness, too. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm extremely white, so I can't speak for for the black community. But I have sure, to, yeah, I have to imagine I have to imagine that, you know, when a legend like Jim Brown says, hey, you know, I really like the policies. I'm voting for Trump in 2020. And then they see white as shit. Max Kellerman <laughs> screaming and yelling at him. Uh, I, I have to imagine there's a lot of black folks that are like. All right, I think uh, I think I'm with Jim Brown on this one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't oh, know if sure. like these Max Kellerman types, like, are they that? You know, they they have no self awareness. Like, I think they're gonna drive a lot of blacks into the GOP. Like, I, I really do think that. I mean, I don't know, man. If you look at a guy with the reputation and and just history of Jim Brown, he warrants a lot more respect, especially in the black community, than Max Kellerman does. Yeah, what's Max Kellerman ever done other than other than ramble idiotically from a camera? And, and it's really funny how like the, how like these white leftists are, are the ones who who try to lecture um, the country about like racism or this is what what this is what the minority communities want and so forth. It's like guys, it's like you're it's like let's talk about like you know privilege. I mean that's privilege right there in order to, to be saying that kind of stuff, you know, and, and at the same time being what. You know, as, as you're saying, have no self-awareness about it. So I think in general, like, we need to start treating individuals as individuals rather than groups, uh, than people belonging to various identity groups and so forth. Um, but when you have people like Max Kellerman sort of ranting about this kind of stuff, I mean, you can't – not only worsens the divide, I think. I learned that Max Kellerman's an idiot. Uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, well, he is. Oh, he, yeah, me uh, too, yeah. Well, he, he made the point, he tried to make the pathetic point that uh, he believes Eli Manning is just as good as Ben Roethlisberger. So after that, I'm like, wow, this uh, guy well, this guy was is... certainly dropped on his head several times as a child. And Yeah. <laughs> so, like, wow, I, I can never. That is a hill you want to die on. <laughs> no, I, I really can't pay attention to anything he says after that, you know, anytime he's on TV. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, right. all right, Aaron, I, I got to let you go. You're a Steelers fan, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Steelers fan. So, yeah I, yeah, I was like, okay, this guy has no credibility with me. But, all right, Aaron, i got to let you go. i I got to wrap it up because I need to pack and go on vacation. I'm going fishing up in northern Michigan, uh, oh, which is going to be awesome. But All right, uh, where can everybody find you online and read your stuff and keep in touch? You can you can read my stuff at jewishjournal.com, jewishjournal slash author slash abandley323, or you can follow me on Twitter uh, at bandlersbanter. Um, yeah. Check, be sure to check out my stuff. All right. Everybody follow Aaron. He's awesome. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, my brother. Thanks again. Uh, I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.